Welcome to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. Your on-the-go bite of the food and beverage industry. Welcome to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and today I'm once again joined by Kim Berry, the editor of Food and Drink Business and the host of this show. G'day, Kim. How are you doing? Well, hello, Grant. I'm very well. I'm a little bit soggy. It is that. Tis what's happening around the eastern seaboard, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes. There's, um, you know, I don't know the last time I saw blue sky, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we're going to talk about a blue sky project today. Uh, we're looking at something tangible within our food and beverage industry, and that is the packaging that comes around our food products and our beverage products. Something that generally sits in the land of our sister title, PKN Packaging News, and their podcast, which is hosted by our publisher, Lindy Hewson. But today, I am stealing the thunder of a new project that is underway between one of the world's leading packaging companies, SIG Combi Block, and a brand that is well known in Australia, the stock company, Macelle. Now, SIG is a leading systems and solutions provider for aseptic carton packaging. We're going to get to exactly what that is very shortly. It was founded in 1853, headquartered in Switzerland, employs around 5,900 people globally, and it operates in around 70 countries. Well, at least it has customers in around 70 countries. To give you an idea of the scale of those operations. Last year, it produced 42 billion cartons and generated more than 2 billion euros in revenue, which is just over around 3 billion Australian dollars, if we're, if we're wondering. And to talk about SIG and its project with Macelle, we're joined today by the company's Marketing and Business Development Manager for Australia and New Zealand, Barris Alte. Hi, Barris. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. And if we then turn our attention to Marcel, I'm fairly certain that in nearly every pantry in Australia has one of their products. In the 1980s, it was established by Mark Kane, who we're going to talk to today. It was established by his parents and it has been run and by the family ever since. They started out way before the current plant-based food and beverage frenzy and it set the standard for plant-based products, pioneering all vegetable, gluten-free, lactose-free, instant bullions. And they were also the first to create a bullion with no MSG. So today, we're joined by Mark Kane, who is their marketing director and the second generation. Hi, Mark. Hi, Kim. And I should say congratulations for the um, company's 40th year. Thank you very much. Yes, it's, um, it seems like only yesterday. Yeah. Um, However, no, we're, we're uh, well on the way, I think, uh, to, to ensuring that we are here for many more years to come, just like our partners at SIG. Uh, so we're very, very pleased to be partnering with them on this new and exciting endeavour. Yeah, yes. So I'm going to do a tiny back step just in case there are people who are listening who are not across some of the technical terminology. Barris, what does aseptic, what's an aseptic carton? What does that mean? Sure, Kim. Um, so basically, when you talk about beverages that go into cartons, aseptic means that the products are treated in such a way that they are um, destined to last a very long time, usually up to 12 months. Right. So it's basically in the processing of that product. But um, that alone, of course, is not enough. You need packaging that also suits and um, makes sure that 
you know the product is safe, and um, that's 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 the gist around aseptic. And I I wanted to talk about sort of at this point, obviously SIG. It's a big company. It has a large global presence when it comes to these sorts of cartons. And I know that we have talked about this in the past, but talk to me about the different segments of the food and beverage sector that, that you guys work predominantly work with. Yes, no problem. Um, so basically we segment um, the industry or our um our customers into three different segments. Um, the first one and the largest one would be liquid dairy. So think of your white milk, flavored milk, but also increasingly plant-based alternatives. Um, that's pillar one. Um, we actually generate the majority of our turnover in that, um, in that segment, about two-thirds overall. Um, second would be your um, non-carbonated soft drinks, as we call them. So these are your juices, nectars, um, any other soft drinks, really, um, it can also be things like water, um, plant-based waters, like coconut water. Um, and that's basically NCSD, as we call it. Um, assume roughly a fourth of our revenue would come that way. And then the last but not least, I guess, because fittingly for our conversation today, would be liquid food. And liquid food is also something interesting that um, you know our technology and our processes allow us to fill, um, which I guess gets us to... Um, um, which are a a leader in that space and, um, you know, allows us to also um, fill a bit more uh, viscous products, for instance, or products that contain um, a bit more fat, because that's a a different kind of product, right? But we're still able to do it. It goes all the way to chunkier products, even tomato soup, to give you an idea. I was just going to say, so can you put soups into this sort of packaging? Yes, absolutely. That's not right. a problem. Um, and as a matter of fact, we have customers in that space as well. Okay. So, Mark, talk to me about where Marcel was at in terms of, you know, the, the business and then looking to um, a, a packaging option with SIG that was going to meet the criteria for within your, you know, that, that for within Marcel. So, Marcel, we've always been uh, interested in in producing kind of the, the the best quality products and also the most sustainable products looking forward. So, we were um, founding signatories to the Australian National Packaging Covenant, and that is working towards a more sustainable future through recycled packaging. Uh, so, that was the start of our journey, and our other products are already along those lines. So, I guess the way that we've been able to emerge in a market that is dominated by large multinational companies has been through our um, our abilities to innovate. And for us, innovation is all about product, and that is the product inside as well as the product outside. So we were actively seeking better ways to package our products, and we are always actively seeking. Uh, and this new development that SIG have come forward fit perfectly within the the scope of our operations and, and thankfully we have a very good working relationship with SIG and, uh, and and so we're able to to come on board as as the launch partner of this new uh, type of substrate which Barris will be uh, very much better equipped to tell you about <laughs> than I am. And so what range of your products are you using it with? Okay, so th- this product will be used with our, our liquid stock range, which is both our, our standard liquid stocks and our salt-reduced liquid stocks. Uh, and also, our uh, we do do a plant-based milk, uh, a coconut milk as well. Uh, not under the Marcel brand, but under contract. 
All right, Barris, let's get to the uh, let's get to the meaty stuff about this particular type of packaging that SIG is and and Marcella are using. You know, it's pretty impressive when you come to looking at packaging of particularly in a sector where there is a lot produced in terms of say liquid stocks. What's differentiating this product from others? Uh, certainly, Kim. So I think there's a few things to maybe explain before we go to the core of what this product uh, is and what makes it special, uh, because I think this is the um, the result of a of a journey, um, and um, you know the company has, has certainly um, upped its game and and um, for the last um, years actually has spent has spent considerable uh, time and effort um, to also shape um, their vision of, of what a sustainable structure looks like. Um, and I think it all starts with the um, with the beverage carton, um, the beverage carton, which you know we strongly believe is a, a superior choice when it comes to um, packaging um, liquid uh, beverages and foods. Um, that's because um, it is inherently um, recyclable. Um, now, when I say this, I think we need to clarify a few details. And, and Mark was talking about um, the, the APCO and certain standards and, and the vision that we want to bring to Australia as well. Now, recyclability, of course, means that you take something and you uh, put it back uh, into that stream, right? So that's, that's, that's where you become circular. Which is the ultimate goal, isn't it? That we're developing this circular economy where everything, nothing's going to landfill. We're trying to keep everything within the system for either reuse or recycling or compostability or whatever. That's correct. So um, obviously, um, you know, you look at the materials that this pack is made of, which, you know, it starts with uh, three quarters of liquid paperboard, which is a very good basis for everything um, because that's derived from, um, from trees, yeah, from forests. Um, which means it is renewable. Um, of course, the company makes sure that you know we source our um, paperboard from renewable um, sources. Um, the FSC logo, I think most consumers would be familiar with, and it's it's inherently recognizable. So SIG obviously has um, gone on a journey where we've now been able to um, have 100% of the paperboard um, in FSC. So that's a strong basis. Um, what's what's left then are, of course, the other two main components of, of the carton uh, pack. And those two are um, uh, the poly, so the polymers, and the aluminum. Now, the challenge here is to make sure that those are also sourced um, in sustainable ways. And I think we've just done that. That would be quite a big achievement, I imagine, for the company and for the industry and for the whole packaging sector, surely. It is quite unique, um, I would say, um, and I think it also um, shows that we are the leaders in the sustainability space here. Um, so, I was talking about the liquid paper board. Um, when it comes to the to the polymers, um, those are of course required to you know put the um, once you have the the product in the package to keep it to keep it safe and leak proof and and other things. But um, of course, there's a downside to polymers. They're normally fossil based which means they're derived from oil. Um, but there are alternatives out there. And, and I think we've chosen a good alternative. It's actually derived from tall oil, which is a product of the papermaking process. Um, so what that does um, is it eliminates the requirement, A, to, to use fossil-based polymers, but also it takes it one step further. We also don't have to use agricultural crops to derive it, which is another option, basically. Well, you're kind. Of, I, I imagine is this like using a byproduct from another process? Correct, absolutely. 
and then that leaves the aluminum, which um, I think we can we can uh, we can talk about that uh, further when we maybe also talk about other options in our portfolio. But in this case, we've gone to great lengths to make sure that we source that responsibly, and we do that through a certification that's called ASI, Aluminum Stewardship Initiative. They basically make sure that the aluminum comes from trustworthy uh, and good sources, that indigenous communities are not uh, mistreated and, you know, recyclability is is ensured. This is, I mean, this strikes me as standards that the company is setting to, I mean, apart from, you know, just doing the right thing in terms of environmental you know, the environment and sustainability, but also in a way to really demarcate itself from its competitors, I guess, and to sort of say, look, this is this is what makes SIG different or stand out. And if your if your company or your business is trying to hit particular targets or is trying to reach particular uh, work with partners who meet their own company ethos, that that's how that works. Mark, is that something that sort of resonated for you guys? Absolutely. Uh, not only uh, do I agree with what Barris is saying, but a lot of this, uh, from our perspective, is being driven by consumers. If you look at what's happening with plant-based, for example, um, you know, I don't think people have changed all that much in terms of their consumption rates, but the the will to be socially responsible uh, from the consumer is increasing. So whereas there's probably not more vegetarians in the world, there are more of this type of person called a flexitarian that mightn't eat might eat um, meat on Mondays. In fact, meat-free Mondays is kind of a thing now, and they're doing that just to be kind of have a social conscience about things. And so for us, um, you know, a lot of our a lot of our uh, innovations are driven by meeting the consumer needs. So uh, of course. SIG has gone, really has gone the the extra mile, and and there's actually more to the story, which I'm sure I'm sure Barris will go on about how the, this material can be repurposed as well. However, from a company perspective and a, and a product manufacturer perspective, uh, we're very conscious of what our consumers are are after and what they're looking for. Uh, and what what they what they aspire to be. So a lot of people would aspire to be vegetarian or vegan, but just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The beauty of this product is that it, it is um, it is still delivering the things that we all want and need, uh, but it's also aspirational in terms of it, it, we can all feel kind of good about the fact that that it is really recycled, and that a lot of research has been done to ensure that it is that way. And and for those reasons. We, uh, the more we kept reading about this stuff, uh, the, the, this new product, uh, the more excited we got going, this fits exactly with our, uh, our mission statement. Yeah. And I think, um, and this must be something that you've, you've seen, you know, in the 40 years since your parents started the business, that the consumer consciousness and the consumer demands, you know, have, have shifted from just what's inside the packaging to now it's as much about the packaging as well. The product has to taste good and it has to be hitting all the other markers for a consumer but then you also the packaging needs to be doing the same thing whereas before I I think it really was just the vehicle you know it was just the the medium that things came in. I think people now uh, not only want the product to be fantastic but then they're conscious of the fact that they are going to have to dispose of this product and what's going to happen to it beyond its life as a a consumable. Mm, mm. Barris talk to us about that then in terms of 
this is a yeah this is a product that is ticking all those boxes and setting standards in terms of you know the the certifications that it's it's ticking and um, adhering to in its materials then what happens like what's the next sort of step from there so to just recap what what we discussed i mean it starts in, uh, of course it starts with the materials being uh, from certified sources and being renewable we've talked about the fsc certified um, paperboard we've talked about the asi certified um, aluminum uh, with sig by the way the only carton player asf carton player that is um, offering this feature and we've talked about the polymers um, as they are 100% uh, linked to forest based materials now that's a good um, that, that's definitely a good starting point. But then, you know, we need to look further than that because at the end of the day, what matters is recyclability. Um, and here we're on a journey. And to be honest, here in Australia, there's a, certainly a path um, that we have, um, that we're looking at. And I think we have broad commitment um, within the industry. As a matter of fact, we have partnered with our competitor um, and uh, we've, we've, you know, initiated something there um, where we believe there is a recycling solution um, that we can put in place very soon. We've partnered with a New Zealand-based company called SafeBoard, and um, they hold a patent over a way to upcycle used uh, beverage cartons into building materials. Actually, okay, that's very cool. <laughs> Th- that's a bit of um, that's a bit of a different way of doing it. But yes. <laughs> at the end of the day. It gets the job done, and I guess there's, you know, it opens up uh, ways for other people to to actually, you know, do good and use that material uh, for various purposes. Um, so I guess if if we look at recycling around the world, it's there's different ways of doing it. Some countries are maybe ahead of others, um, which makes sense, right? Because there's a there's also it needs to take a certain path um, to develop to, to where it needs to be. And there's different processes out there, I would say, in a nutshell, and they depend on various factors, right? But it starts with awareness. It starts with people knowing what's, you know, what they've just consumed. So they've just gone through a, a micelle pack in SIG packaging. So that that was the nice part, maybe. So they're, the dinner's sorted. That's right. Um, <laughs> they've had a delicious dinner. <laughs> and now, you know, what, what does that mean? What, what, what's left? You know, what are they holding in their hands and what can they do with it? So, you know, we need to understand that it starts with collection. Collection means you know what you're holding, you know how to dispose of it. Um, It continues with the fact that, you know, somebody needs to um, be able to pick it up, sort it. And and if you solve these issues, then it's very much about the actual recycling, which, you know, in our pack case means you also need to take the materials apart in a certain way to then reintroduce them into the value stream. Um, so that's, that's basically the, the journey that we're on is to, you know, raise awareness, improve collection rates, make sure, you know, regulation is also across it. As a matter of fact, there are various targets out there that I think if anything help our cause so that, you know, with the right infrastructure, which is maybe the, the, the most, you would think the most important bit, and that is a must given, that's a non-negotiable, the, the means to recycle it need, need to be there. But there's, it's more than just that. I could, I could build a factory today, but you know, I still need to make sure I get enough of the stuff. And then somebody can do something very good with it. That's how you close the loop. And 
Tell me, where is this? I mean, I, I just sort of think the innovation that we're seeing in terms of that, in terms of the packaging space, and even what you just mentioned there about work, like actually working together with a competitor, we're seeing that in a whole range of sectors, um, where that that collaboration is coming is coming together on, uh, which I just sort of think can help restore faith in humanity, um, <laughs> but. How far does this go? Because you're still like, having that um, the challenges of making sure that food safety is still there, um, which I imagine for you know Mark for you that's the top of the list. Like a product still has to have its integrity, and the same obviously Barris for SIG in terms of you're not going to be offering a product that is not going to you know meet a consumer's that very base fundamental need. I, I agree wholeheartedly, Kim. I think where it where it does lead to is uh, with innovations such as what SIG has done, and I know with the ones that we've had over the years, what it will do is it will slowly drag the whole of the industry into a more uh, thoughtful or uh, mindful mindset going forward. Our hope, like when we started, so so 40 years ago, we pioneered the concept of no added MSG. It's, uh, there are very few products left in our sector these days that actually include MSG. And by, by the same uh, token, I would, uh, I would hope that in 5, 10, 15 years' time, there'll be no more products out there that, that just go straight into landfill. There'll be systems in the way uh, where, you know, for example, that I know that uh, some some of the uh, local and uh, federal, uh, sorry, state and federal governments have have made commitments to use this recycled uh, board uh, that, uh, sorry, the byproduct, which you know will be made into, uh, uh, I, I think it's stuff like Jiprock or something like that. But with uh, governments coming on board and uh, committing to use these sort of things, we're now establishing a pathway where it's not so difficult now to justify the expense or the the hassle involved in going down these roads. Barris, have you? So, what's uh, what's next for SIG in terms of sort of pushing this technology forward and and you know those environmental standards and recyclability levels? What, where is the company at and heading with in that domain? Yeah. So, from an innovation point of view, just as Mark was um, talking about, I think it starts internally. It starts with identifying what we believe the future holds, and you know, um, d- developing. Uh, efforts and investing accordingly. So more than 10 years ago, we started on this journey of rethinking what our cartons are made of, um, or maybe where the materials come from, and how they interact. Um, And as a matter of fact, we, you know, in 2010, we actually introduced a structure uh, called Eco Plus, where we, for the first time, eliminated the aluminum layer, a very thin layer of aluminum that you typically find in aseptic cartons, That's because the protective um, properties of aluminum are very, very good. However, it's a very energy intense um, and in in some ways not so not so favorable material to use. So if you can eliminate that, you know, think of the CO2 emissions that you can save. Um, Like for like, we calculated that there would be at least a 27, 28% saving in just producing that pack. that's, you know, before it actually makes its way to a, cust- a valued customer of ours, such as Marcel. And, and then, you know, there's, of course, more things along that uh, journey uh, that you need to consider. But, you know, if, if we look at the structures, um, I think we have a plan in place. 
um, including the solution that we've introduced here, the Signature Pack Full Barrier, which still contains a little bit of aluminum. Um, but, you know, we've looked at the, the rest of the pack and made sure it's 100% renewable. And on our journey to the future, um, we already have a solution that we have recently um, announced and that is going to hopefully um, be available soon where uh, we are able to do without the aluminum yet maintain full barrier properties. So that's probably the next step. But already today, there are, depending on the product field, there are alu-free solutions in the market. Um, and, and I think that's a very strong basis. Um, and that could lead us maybe in a, to a future that, you know, 10, 20 years from now, uh, it, it could be revolutionary different. So we envision a future where we are able to maximize the fiber content of the packaging and maybe one day can do without any such material, such as aluminum or, or polymers. Remarkable. I always think, you know, with these things and, and you know, I'll talk to friends about it and they'll just sort of be like, well, why don't they? Or why is it? And <laughs> it's like this this stuff is hard. You know, like this isn't just a case of people, you know, there's technology that is sometimes not even invented yet to be able to to achieve these things. And you have to, it's this whole notion of you just have to start. You have to start somewhere. And I, and I really you know, I think that where this is even at now is just so stratospherically further ahead than we were, gosh, even just, you know, five years ago. So it's all incredibly um, encouraging and exciting to sort of see. And yes, I did use Grant, the words uh, exciting and encouraging when I'm talking about packaging people always just go, it's just a package. And it's like, it's so interesting. There's so much amazing work being done in this space. There are very, very bright people doing some really incredible problem solving. And um, and I think this, you know, even just this project with SIG and, and seeing myself sort of using the resulting, um, you know, product is evidence of that. So, uh, Barris and Mark, I would love to say thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you. I think this is really exciting and um, and always um, we love shining a light on projects and, and companies that are really pushing the envelope and being innovative and, and finding solutions to some of uh, the most difficult problems we're facing. So, thank you both. It's um, been really enlightening. Thanks very much, Kim and Grant. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks, gents. That has been a great conversation. Once again, another wonderful episode and uh, you've helped contribute to it. So thanks to yourselves. Thanks to Kim. And of course, thanks to our audience for joining us for this episode. And don't forget, if you enjoyed what you've heard, be sure to follow us in your favorite podcatcher to ensure you get every episode as they're released. We'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative one. But until then, have a great day. You've been listening to the Food and Drink Business Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Food and Drink Business, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Food and Drink Business, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact us via our website or send an email to editor at foodanddrinkbusiness.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's food and beverage industry at foodanddrinkbusiness.com.au.
You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.